Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. We let the members of our new Patreon page vote for an episode, and they overwhelmingly chose Go West's song, King of Wishful Thinking, from the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Did we listen to the talk of the town, or were we just trying to fool ourselves when it comes to one of the most adult contemporary songs ever? Stay tuned to hear us break down this simultaneously happy and heart-wrenching, emphasis on the wrench, pop jam. say is more the king of wishful thinking me or you uh probably me you think (laughs) (laughs) i think so i i would argue that i am maybe not i mean wishful thinking hopeful thinking i think they're one in the same right i'm a very hopeful man yeah (laughs) i think it's i think it's the same thing i think i'm also pretty much a king of wishful thinking maybe we're both kings of wishful thinking just of different countries or something i don't know but uh yeah i think this is pretty accurate to you and i and another thing I think is that this is an amazing adult contemporary song. 
I agree. Here's something that's embarrassing for me to admit, and maybe it's because I've never seen the movie Pretty Woman. Maybe it's because this song was really big when I was only five years old. I didn't know this song until Newfound Glory covered it in 2007. It appeared on that album, and it was the only song I wasn't familiar with on the album, and thus it led me down to checking out the original version. And this song, I agree with you, this song fucking rocks. Like, this is a great, as you said, a great adult contemporary song. Yeah, this song is amazing. I feel like, Matt, that these guys were born as adults. In fact, I started laughing to myself earlier because I was thinking about uh, singer Peter Cox that his mom was giving birth to him. And then she pushes him out and the doctor (laughs) says to her, uh, congratulations, Mrs. Cox. You've just given birth to a healthy 175-pound middle-aged grown man. And he's holding <laughs> a giant wrench for some reason. I don't know I don't know if you know that that's his thing. Did you know that that's his thing, that he holds a, gi- a giant wrench? No, but that's a, you know, maybe you and I need to carry giant, like, tools around to, to really make us stand out at shows. Well, Matt. I only discovered this because I was checking out their debut single, which was called We Close Our Eyes. Came out in 1985. It went to number 41 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it was almost there in the top 40. So that's why they're still a one-hit wonder or whatever, whatever we're considering them. This is a weird one because like all things considered, if you look at the charts, they had a, a fair amount of modest hits. I think they even had a second song that was in the top 20 at one point but i listened to it and i i have no recollection of that song ever existing well (laughs) i don't know any of their other songs now this we close our eyes song which was their first single from 1985 first thing you gotta watch the music video and you'll see the wrench i'm talking about the guy has a giant (laughs) wrench he's doing everything with it he's singing into it he's dancing with it he he, for some reason, is acting like it's a shovel and digging with it. I don't I don't know. He just does everything with this wrench. The music video is absolutely incredible. It's filmed in front of a green screen with, with like those little brown dolls that don't have faces on them. They have like strings that like move their limbs. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Like they're, they're kind of a marionette, but yes. like not quite a marionette. Yeah. Yes. Those are behind him. He's on a green screen. The video is insane, but the song, Matt, I wasn't sure if I liked it. Then the chorus hit, and I'm like, damn, I like this. I hope, Matt, that you'll play a clip right here. Amazing chorus. I thought the song was great. I'm really glad we're doing this episode because now I'm learning more Go West songs, which I don't know what took me so long considering I like King of Wishful Thinking so much. They also had another ridiculous music video for a song called Call Me. In the video, Peter Cox, the singer, he has a real like Bruce Willis look. I think it was maybe around the time where guys wanted to look like Bruce Willis. Yeah, I guess this would be like right in that moonlighting time period where he sure. was the king of cool bruce willis yeah yeah but like i said man the, these guys are the definition of adult contemporary music and the king of wishful thinking music video i don't know if these guys are 20 or 50 in this music video but <laughs> but they are the most middle-aged looking guys i've ever seen in my life 
like once again, no idea how old they are, but if you watch the video, you'll see what I mean. Like they just look like middle-aged guys. They are having a blast. The music video is amazing. And Matt, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I've always been on the fence about Jimmy Fallon. Really didn't like him because he really aided in the normalization of Trump. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't like that. I think he went back and like maybe apologized for that or said like, ah, oh, I don't know what I was doing. Something along those lines. But I will give him credit. Him and Paul Rudd recreated a shot for shot version of the music video of King of Wishful Thinking, and it's pretty amazing. But you know what? I still don't want to give Jimmy Fallon credit, so I'm still going to say that that's like 95% Paul Rudd killing well, it and Jimmy Fallon just kind of being there. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really is because Paul Rudd, first of all, looks amazing at it. Second of all, I think he really sings the song. I think it's really him singing. Yeah, and he sounds all right. Like, yeah, it's really, really funny. You know, Matt, we got to talk about the fact you so you haven't seen pretty woman how is that possible i have no clue and it's like it's not even one of those things where it's like oh i'm not into rom-coms i think it's because it's such a beloved rom-com that like i think i got overwhelmed with how much people love that movie and i've seen so many films about pretty woman like i love romeo and michelle's high school reunion where they're like constantly watching pretty woman <laughs> i feel like i know the movie i just don't I've never actually seen the movie. It's such a cultural touchstone. I can't I believe that you don't know this movie like scene by scene. You of all people. So I know. weird. I know. So it's weird. embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I do want to use this as a as you're bringing up the movie Pretty Woman. Now's as good a time as ever to first of all say that this particular song was voted on by our Patreon page because we have a Patreon page now. Yeah. So yeah, if you go over to patreon.com backslash OHT podcast, once a month, you'll have a chance to vote on a song that we talk about on the podcast. Two picks from Chris, two picks from me. This was one of your picks. And we're going to do a bonus episode about the release of Pretty Woman uh, over on the Patreon too. But yes, I've never seen Pretty Woman. That, that's what I'm trying to get at with my little salesman pitch <laughs> did you at least listen to the soundtrack or own the soundtrack that no, seems like I, something you would do i told you like until until 2007 this song did not exist in my in my mind i had no clue that this song was a thing it's kind of it's it's got a plus because when i listen to this song it's it's like a fresh new song in my ears compared to the people who've been hearing it for their entire lives but uh yeah just i don't know what it is i you know what there's my new year's resolution for 2022 is i'm going to watch pretty woman at some okay. point in that year yeah, i think you, it's achievable you have to <laughs> uh the soundtrack my mom definitely had the cassette soundtrack in her labaron or something <laughs> around this time I know most of this soundtrack. The first song is a song called Wild Women Do. It goes like, wild women do, and they don't regret it. I don't know what they do. I'm assuming have sex. They probably do. That would be a thing that wild women do, or just be wild. And not wild women. Yeah. Or else, just or else we people. wouldn't exist as a human species. Yeah, it's just a thing that <laughs> people do. <laughs> yes, not just wild women. Anyway, the the soundtrack also featured David Bowie, Rock Sets, It Must Have Been Love. Hell yeah, jam. it did. I knew that uh, one. <laughs> yeah, it had Robert Palmer, Peter Cetera, obviously Roy Orbison, and strangely, the Red Hot Chili Peppers rounded it out. They were the last song on here. I didn't remember that. What was their song on that? I forget, but it, it happened. I'm looking it, it up. It happened in the movie when they were like at a bar, her and her friend, which by the way, Matt, you didn't see Pretty Woman. Julie Roberts plays Vivian in the movie. And yeah, oh, we all love Vivian. But 
I will gladly take Kit DeLuca in the movie, a.k.a. Laura San Giacomo, if you know who that is. So I want to take a quick pause because I, I had to figure this out and I was absolutely wrong. In my head, when you mentioned there was a Red Hot Chili Peppers song in this movie, okay. my thought process was there's no way that they wrote a song for no. the soundtrack. It's probably just as... Red Hot Chili Peppers wrote a song specifically for the soundtrack really? called Show Me Your Soul. I clicked into it and it says... It is not, as commonly believed, a leftover recording from the Mother's Milk sessions. However, it was recorded during the first part of the Mother's Milk tour exclusively for the Pretty Woman soundtrack. So they like hit up Red Hot Chili Peppers and was like, hey, Red Hot Chili Peppers, this Pretty Woman soundtrack's missing something. Right. And what it is, is Flea's bass. Yeah. So we need you to, to write a song for us. That's insane. Like, Red Hot Chili Peppers writing a song for Coneheads totally makes Hell sense. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers writing a song for Pretty Woman is fucking bonkers to me. Wait, did they write Soul to Squeeze for Coneheads? Because if they did, that's amazing. I think they did. I think wow. that was another one where they were like, because even the music video is like super Coneheads-y. True. Like, True. it's very Coneheads driven. But- that's not what we're here, what we're here to talk well, about. Now we're man. talking we're Go here, West. <laughs> we're here to talk about Go West. This song, I want to talk about this song for a little while. It's so relatable. It's so catchy. It's about getting over somebody. It's like the ultimate. But here's the thing, man. It's not the song you're going to listen to like right when you break up with somebody and you're sad and you're upset. This is a song you listen to like a year later when you finally are over it and you're like, I don't even care about that person anymore. Usually that involves being in a, a new relationship with someone that you're excited about or at least liking someone new. And if you can get to that point without that, then more power to you. But I don't know. In personal experience, it usually requires being excited about someone else. So, Chris, let me ask you a question. So, I agree with you. This isn't a song that you would put on, you know, if you're dumped on Monday, you're not blasting King of Wishful Thinking on Tuesday and really believing the lyrics. But, like, what is an example you think of a song where you are, like, you're dumped on Monday, Tuesday, what is the song that you're you're blasting? I mean, <laughs> it's Sinead O'Connor, right? Isn't, <laughs> I mean... Isn't that the isn't that the obvious? Yeah, I guess you I guess you start with the please come back type songs at least for a little bit before you get into the like, you know what? I'm better off without you. I think it's the pits of despair songs for sure. Yeah. That that's where you start and you know, I I've stayed there for a long time in those pits of despair songs, you know? You got to get I even though the lyrics in the song are I'll get over you. I know I will. I'll pretend my ship's not sinking. Kind of like fake it till you make it type lyrics. I know that's what the deal is here. And I know that you can have those moments when you are in the pits of despair where you're like kind of manic. And then you feel that way for like, you feel good for 15 minutes, but then you're back down in it. I remember, this is a really funny thing to remember, but I remember did you watch the show My So-Called Life by any chance? I didn't. I missed the boat Jesus. on it. And now it's like impossible to find because of all the song rights. Like if you weren't oh. kind of watching it when it happened, you can't really find good versions of it. I've watched it in recent years. I forget. Oh, did what, they I think finally, maybe they finally got it on something. But for a long time, it was like one of those 
kind of similar to like um, the Wonder Years, where yeah. it was like those great shows that will never get released on any type of media because of music rights type shows. Well, anyway, point being here that there is an episode where there's a scene where Claire Danes, Angela, Angela on the show, Claire Danes character, she talks about how you wake up one day and all of a sudden you're over somebody, you know, and she's yeah. talking about Jordan Catalano. So I always think, I always think about that first. I've, I've thought about that thing for like, I don't know, 25 years now since I, I watched the show. I've thought about that line or something. And- Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. So this song kind of puts me in that mood. I, I think nice. it's, it's it's a really, really, really great song. What's funny is like before this song, they are this almost borderline silly but still really good adult contemporary band. Very the borderline silly is probably just all the 80s-ness of it. Yeah. And the giant wrench. Yeah, the giant wrench. <laughs> Go watch that music video for We Close Our Eyes that came out okay, in 1985. Then. You'll see what I'm talking about. And Matt, why I'm saying it's his thing is that at one point in the King of Wishful Thinking video, he's he's holding the wrench again. You yeah. know? So I kind of feel it like it's like, who was it that had the handcuffs? Oh, that was Mark Morrison. Mark Morrison. Yeah, he had a prop. I wonder if it's also, this is going to sound really weird, but like something I learned, so a thing that I do, and uh, some people probably know this by now because I've probably mentioned it on another podcast, uh, I fall asleep to commentary tracks. That's like my background noise is I'll pop in a DVD, put on the commentary track for the DVD, and I'll fall asleep to the commentary. And in doing that, I've learned a bunch of really random movie facts. And the first American Pie movie, when Blink-182 shows up, there's a monkey with them. Mm -hmm. And... The director was like, I didn't expect this movie to be a hit. And for some reason, I got it in my mind that that monkey really was the magic token. So every movie I've ever made since I've put a monkey in it somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the wow. movie. So I'm wondering if like, you know, we close our eyes did big enough that he's like, it's got to be the wrench. The, yeah. the wrench has to always make an appearance. I mean, <laughs> I, I would assume so. I think having a prop is probably... A nice move if you want to be memorable, <laughs> especially if you look like the most average guy on earth. Get that wrench. If, if you've looked middle-aged since you were six, <laughs> get that wrench so, so that people pay a little bit more attention to that. I'm not talking shit, but what I will talk shit about, Matt, is post-King of Wishful Thinking. Because post-King of Wishful Thinking, all the songs I listen to sound like Michael Bolton songs. They're Oof. all They were trying... like. If you would have told me they were Michael Bolton, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's it really sounds like they're trying to to go Bolton and um, 
just wasn't working after that. It's the most Michael Bolton-sounding non-Michael Bolton song I've ever heard. You know what's the crazy thing, though, about Michael Bolton I've I've found over the last couple of years is, like, it seems like he's probably a really cool guy. Yeah, he's self-aware. <laughs> like, he's self-aware. Like, between all the stuff that he's done with Lonely Island and stuff, it's like, he's, he's at least in on the joke. In on the joke, you say, but the joke's really on us because the guy is... <laughs> a multi-millionaire famous as hell i don't know for sure but i assume the guy probably won grammys along the way like oh for sure i yeah. would i without researching it i can say yes he won grammys yeah like, <laughs> like the, the joke's on us i mean half the funniness about him was just like his hair you know yeah. he had like this long wavy weird hair that was half and the other part of it was like yeah, the, the the music didn't do anything, especially well, for like a young punk kid. Yeah, so when it comes to Go West, in 2015, for some reason, they covered the killer song Human. I don't I don't really know why they don't do it any better than the killers. They don't even necessarily do it justice, in my opinion. I mean, I'm very king of wishful thinking and before on Go West, after King of Wishful Thinking, I'm kind of like, eh. I, they can go away. They covered it for a compilation album. They covered it for an album called 80s Recovered. Going the other way. It's usually it's usually yeah. vice versa. Yeah, that's that's cool. But like, I don't know. The, this thing is all over the damn place. Like I'm looking at the lineup and it's like you've got ABC covering High and Dry. But then you've also got like Heaven 17 covering Rocket Man, which was like not a modern song circa 2015. Like that's actually an older song than the yeah. 80s. Like there's there's no the the theme fell apart very quickly on this album, I think. Belinda Carlisle covered Have You Ever Seen the Rain by CCR, which is a 60s song. So I think it was just 80s artists covering any song that they wanted. And Go West was like, we really dig this new song by the killers. Which, I mean, it's a fine song, far from the best song the Killers have ever written, but, like, I enjoy Human all right. It's a fine enough song. It's fine. There's a different song called Human that's way better. Yeah. I'm only human. <laughs> that's a great song. I love that the Human League made a song called Human. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. You know, in the 80s were a, a great time for duos. You know, this is another another duo. You got Tears for Fears. You know, you got Go West. Tears for Fears were probably a little more successful, I guess. Uh, Tears, well, because I think the other problem with Go West, from what I was researching, was like they formed in 1982, but the problem was that it was a singer and a guitar and, a, and an electric guitarist, mm -hmm. and that was it. Versus like Tears for Fears, it's like a singer and a keyboard player, and you can do so much with a keyboard to give something a full band sound, but they were like... It was real hard to get a record contract when you didn't have a backing band. Like you're just showing up as like a dude on vocals and an electric guitar. And we're like, hey, we're Go West. Here's our song. Well, that's definitely not what the songs were. I, yeah. Was there even guitars on the songs? I, I, I'm trying to, I, I'm not listening to King of Wishful Thinking right now, but I'm like, is there guitars on this? Probably not. I think that that guitarist, one guy held a wrench. The other one held a guitar as a prop. There has <laughs> to be. Just there there has to thing. be guitars on this. I'm just... The only things I think of when I hear this song is a lot of synth and horns. And that banger chorus. Yeah, there has <laughs> there has to be guitar. I'm just not thinking of it 
There's no way. There's, for knowing us, we're going to like listen to the song and be like, oh yeah, there's this ripper of a guitar solo in the middle uh, of the song no. that we both forgot about. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, and Matt, I don't know. I think in the 80s, you, you, it didn't matter if you had a band or not. What the hell? Like you could, I mean, if you have a hit song, you just get some higher guns and I don't know if anybody had bands. Everybody, everybody was a duo making electronic music in the eighties, or at least it felt, <laughs> at least it felt like that. This is crazy though that this song is nineteen ninety. Like this, mm-hmm. like this does. We were talking about this just a couple weeks ago with Aha. Like this is one of those songs where it's like, man, a year or two later, I don't know if this song would have had the ability to break through everything that was happening in music at that point. Yeah, this was probably the last year. This or 91 were probably the last years that this song could have happened. You know, that it could have been a hit. Guitar rock was about to come back. And yeah, I guess, you know, uh, bandmate, what's his name? Richard Drummy. That's ironic. Yeah. It's ironic. Richard Drummy plays the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, old Dick Drummy was supposedly playing a guitar in this band, even though most of the music doesn't sound like there's any guitars in it. Once again, no shade. Love the band, <laughs> or at least the few songs that I know. Yeah, I, and as far as what, this song peaked at number eight, it's pretty pretty good hit, August 11th on, of 1990. good chart. The chart that day that it peaked, I mean, Mariah Carey, Vision of Love, which was basically the second biggest song that year behind Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. But then you've got like the power by Snap. Billy Idol, Cradle of Love, kind of the last big Billy Idol hit. That was Poison. all music video. That was all yeah. music video. I think I went through puberty watching that music video. <laughs> <laughs> Poison, Unskinny Bop, which was also their last big hit. Yeah. And then they suck. Something very important <laughs> to both of us, I'm sure. Belle Biv DeVoe, Do Me, was yeah. uh, number 10 on the charts at that time. <laughs> hey, Matt, in the notes, you put it. You put Belle Biv DeVoe, which I thought would be so <laughs> so funny that it, instead of instead of Ricky DeVoe, it was Will, <laughs> Willem DeVoe. <laughs> How has no one done that yet? Bell Biv Defoe. I'm going to make, I definitely got to make that meme at least. Please do. Uh, yeah. 100%. I can't believe that doesn't exist. Yay, autocorrect yeah. on, my, on my computer. That's fantastic. Dude, I love Doomy. Doomy. Doomy's good. So, again, to show my age, my first experience with the song Doomy was Weird Al doing it in the middle of a polka. Whoa, Weird Al did Doomy? Doomy, baby. I have never thought about this. Maybe I have before, but I haven't thought about Doomy in so long. Dude, the lyrics of Doomy are messed up. The lyrics of the verses are backstage, underage, adolescent. How you doing? Fine. She replied, I sigh. I like to do the wild thing. Or action took place. Hey, got away. It's it's bad. Oh no. It's really oh, bad. No. I never really thought about that before. That's terrible. I mean, unless unless they are also adolescents, but Yeah, but, how how young is Belle Biv DeVoe in nineteen ninety? But they are saying underage. I don't think you refer to yourself as underage. Well, Bell was 23. Oh, man. Dear Lord. Yeah, uh, just check. They were all either 22 or 23 when that song was out. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, let's just stick with Poison. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Poison. Yeah. I don't know what was going on or why that was. Hey, it was a different era, I guess. It was the early 90s, then kids like me bought the album and just jammed out to it, but 
Ah, hindsight. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Go West. Go West didn't sing stuff like that. Go West sang nice songs about getting over somebody. I think that's a, a good message that we could all use. I like it. So what do you? So where do you rank this? Are, are you given this? I mean, it's almost like you said, it's a tale of two bands, really. There's the pre-hit and the post-hit Go West. I'm not judging them on their post-hit stuff. Only pre-hit and hit. Dude, I would have given this song Thunder just the second you said it. It's just an absolutely amazing song. And I like the rest of what I heard from them. I like that they, I mean, maybe they were, but it doesn't seem to me like these guys thought that they were super sexy or something. <laughs> like no. They, they kind of were probably like, hey, we're normal looking guys making this normal, nice music. And I don't think they were... I mean, I could be wrong. He did, he did have like a tank top on holding this wrench. Maybe he was trying to be sexy uh, back, back in 1985 or whatever. But I like the fact that they're pretty normal guys making this really positive song. You know, it's not like a, hey, I hate you so bad type of song. It's more like, hey, I'm getting on with my life. I'll get over you. Yeah, I think it's thunderous, thunderous. I I'm gonna agree, and I like that. Like, Go West has, from what I can tell, like they may have like hibernated a little bit throughout their career, but it's not like they ever fully like hung in the towel or anything. It there was nothing that I read that was like Go West broke up on this date. Like they just every once in a while they'll cover a song by the Killers or they'll put out an album like 20 years after the last album, but like. I think they just kind of got into the production game. I did want to give a really quick shout out to uh, Martin Page, who co-wrote the song with the band, just because he was kind of a, a hired songwriter for some people. He wrote songs for Earth, Wind & Fire, Robbie Williams, and Starship. But the most impressive thing I found was that he was the keyboard player for the Ghostbusters theme song in 1984. So, nice. you know, maybe he's playing those keys on uh, on King of Wishful Thinking as well. Who knows? Because it certainly wasn't the guitarist. The, he was too busy guitaring it all up on this song. Supposedly. We still don't know. We aren't listening to this song right now. <laughs> maybe or maybe not is their guitar in this song. I'm not sure. <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, I agree with you. Thunder. Perfect thunder. Yeah. Thunder. And I think this is a good place, as Matt would say, to hang in the towel. Yep. <laughs> One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophelios of the bands Punchline, Pact, and Another Cheetah, and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing the Punchline song Simulation off their album Thrilled. Visit Punchline.com for more info on future Punchline shows, releases, and merchandise. Also, we're on Patreon now, so visit Patreon.com backslash OHT podcast for bonus material early access to episodes, and a chance to help decide what songs we should discuss in future episodes. Do you want to hear your song on the show or have any interest in sponsoring an episode? Contact me at matt at geekscape.net for our rates. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit weknowpodcasting.com for how Matt and Chris can make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Simulation or
We're holding robotic hands, living in a simulation. Wouldn't be so bad, no. listening to the Geekscape Network. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments. The ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember. The ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon. From Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Hey you, did you have any plans this year? Ha! <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.